0: Coming up on Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat.
1: So I come onto this red carpet and on my right hand side I see my wife and she has the Ireland flag and I see all my kids there. Now if you think about this, I was in Shelton Abbey in prison in 2016 and my kids and wife came to me there and because I made a choice to change and go in a different direction, I'm now on the finish line of an Ironman collecting the Irish flag off my family and going through the, the, the finish line to become an Irish professional triathlon
0: what a man and what a story our truly inspirational guest today Jer Redmond tells us an unbelievable story the journey he's been on his life to date so do stay tuned to hear all of the wisdom and inspiration that he fills this episode with but if you haven't already please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify Follow us on Twitter at Separate Podcast or on Instagram at Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat. We're truly grateful every time someone subscribes, listens, or follows, and we have some prizes to give away from Avonmore Protein Milk this week, so do keep an eye out for them. And finally, thanks to Jer, thanks for listening, and let's get to the episode.
2: Welcome to Sleep, Eat, Perform, Repeat with your hosts, David Clancy and Kieran Dunn. This is a podcast about high performance. What we are striving to achieve is to figure out what makes high-performing individuals tick, why they do what they do and why they are successful. Enjoy a journey of stories, lessons and learnings. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today we spoke with Jur Redmond, professional triathlete, coach and former prisoner. Jur has a unique, powerful and inspiring story to tell. In 2017 he decided to change his life and is currently changing a generation for his family. Having gone from prison to pro triathlon whilst raising a family in Dublin. His motto is no excuses and this is a huge part of his commitment and work with the athletes he coaches every day. Having completed Ironmans at the highest level himself this is a story of grit, resilience and putting in the hard work. We hear about Jer's life and how it turned upside down from a potential route to professional soccer at a young age, back to raising a family in his teens. We unpack why the late Kobe Bryant inspires Jer, we discuss training philosophies and what a normal day looks like. Jer shares his story with troubled youths, prisoners and athletes these days, about how circumstances don't have to dictate your future self, how powerful self-belief is and life really is full of challenges
1: for all of us.
0: Ger Redmond, thanks a million for coming on. How are you doing, Ger?
1: I'm good, boys. How are you?
2: Yeah, we're well. And look, really looking forward to hearing all about your story and what makes you tick, Ger. But before we get into triathlon, we've noticed a nice yellow and purple jersey hanging on the wall behind you. You wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, so that's Kobe Bryant. So I, growing up, I was never, no one ever inspired me. I think it was because, I suppose, of my upbringing. I'd never had any inspiration in my life. And I grew up thinking like that found it very hard to get anyone to inspire me, especially people on Instagram or anything like that. I was always like, you know, didn't really find anyone. And then when, it was only when Kobe Bryant passed, I looked at a YouTube video and it sort of resonated with me. And um, I got a lot from him then. And, um, he, he definitely resonated with what my core goals are, my core values are getting up early. Um, we have a big family, five kids. And I'm a coach as well, so I we need to get everything done early. So, I don't believe in excuses. You get up, you get it done. There's enough time in the day. It's 24 hours in a day, everyone. So, uh, hey, use it well. And this is why this guy is up my wall, because we resonate. That's brilliant. And no excuses. Yeah, that's something I've seen
0: on your channels. And it's certainly a, a Kobe Bryant trait. Anyway, his thing was all about, as you said, get up early, do the work. Nothing beats the fundamental basics. Yeah. Would you feel that's the same in your approach to training?
1: Absolutely. So I coach young lads, soccer. And something that, again, that, that I heard Kobe saying, he'd done, a, um, I think it was like a sprints and the kids would go to the line and one day one kid didn't go to the line and he pulled the kid and said, if you take shortcuts in anything small in life, then it's going to resonate into your bigger life and you'll take shortcuts all the time. So it's something I actually use with the, the young lads that are, you know the way young lads be competitive and they're trying to beat each other them, and they're not going to the line. I'll pull them and say it's not about who you be; it's about your own t- your own journey. And if you take shortcuts to be him, you're going to take shortcuts through everything. So, it's, yeah, never take shortcuts. You're only cheat yourself. Hundred percent.
2: And look, you've already picked on something massive with the, with the family, big family, right? I have two kids. I have a long way to go. Um, but how do you fit it all in? What's a typical day for Jared look like?
1: Heavy. It's uh- a. <laughs> <laughs> it's three in the morning start so I get up I might do a bike um, two or three hours bike sometimes a four or five hour bike Depends on the block depends on the week and um, then I'll have my breakfast and then with the kids normally uh, the kids go off to school and then I might have a cup of coffee with the wife go out and do a run and then I'll come back from me run onto the into the office where I am now I'll do some coaching there with a lot of athletes that need some nurturing, let's say, <laughs> or guidance. <laughs> so I do have a look at the, the I do use a training peaks app, so I check the training peaks, make sure everything's going well. Then I might do a swim then dependent, toy dependent, or core strength and conditioning or some stretching. Um, and then the kids come in from school and I try to be a dad then for the day. <laughs> yeah. Well that's hard that's harder than the sessions. <laughs> that was gonna be my question. Which is the hardest bit? Yeah they are, they are <laughs> 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 oh, they're they're head records. good. Um, but it's just about having a balance and, I suppose, putting your dreams and your goals. Um, I wouldn't say, like, I mean, you can not put them first, but, like, you can put them first. But, you know, it's just an excuse, people saying, I have kids and I can't follow my dreams. It's an absolute excuse, 100%. Anyone that says different just believes in their own bullshit. You know, you've got to make time for yourself. And the body does adapt. I know you get tired for the first month. I would be tired nearly all the time. But the body does adapt and if you take the right nutrition, the right vitamins, the right approach, um, it's all doable because like I can walk around now and I'm tired sitting here but I'm fine, you so, because you do adapt. And I know I'm following my dream, which is the most important and the mental side is very strong from that. So I'm good.
2: And with all those, ch- all those children, right, you're the dad, how much, how much of an awareness do they have about all that stuff you do in a day?
1: Like, their whole mindset has changed. They do no excuses. They fall. They come to me, and they'll be like, seriously? Go back on the bar. Because like, I have two gymnastics uh, gymnasts, so they're, they, they're constantly out in the garden on the on the, the bar, you know, the big bars. Um, they're doing flips and all this sort of stuff. Um, and even when it's raining, they'll say to me, Dad, no excuses for going out, you know? <laughs> it's resonating through the whole family, like, which is awesome for me to see without me even pushing it on them because I don't push it onto them. Like, obviously, when they do certain things, I'll say, you're only making excuses. You know, I'll use that anatomy to tell them, you know, that's, you know, you're making the excuses there. You can absolutely do it 100%. I'll tell them and show them how to do it. Um, and they see me doing it. So I use that, but I don't force on them. But then when I hear them saying, you know, Dad, wait, you see this? I wait, you see that? Like, they're doing, they're actually competing against each other. doing 20 backflips on the trampoline they're up to 25 each now. They start off at 10 and then it's like, because I set them goals and say, well, but at the end of the week, whoever can do 10 gets five euro. They start at 10 and then it became competitive. <laughs> she done 15, <laughs> she done 15. <laughs> they're up to 25 each now. So it's definitely, um it's definitely moving through the family. You know what I mean? And look, I came from total different, different uh, environment. So, I've just changed my whole generation and for me to see that it's just gold to me because that was the whole objective you know and just building on that you mentioned that you don't tell them what to do so
0: as someone who's trying to look after kids what you're trying to do is give them the best life give them best chance possible but you kind of want you have all these dreams for them but you always want it to be their dream how do you guide them without you know directing them down a path or you know making them become a triathlete what's your process for that
1: you got to let kids be kids. they got to really enjoy themselves and have fun. At that age, Like, if you see that you have potential in something, by all means, push them. Do you know what I started to do? My kids love gymnastics, so what, what I'll do there is for them is find the best place for them to get coaching, right? That's me doing my job. So I'm not going to push them. I'm not going to say to go five times a week. We put them in once or twice a week into the best place possible because that's where they're going to get the best training. So that's what I'll do in my mindset. I won't tell them to go... Now, look, if we book up for a 10-week course, you're going to the 10-week course. There's no excuses. Do you know what I mean? It is what it is. You're sick. You're dependent. You know what I mean? Not, if you've got a broken leg, we won't go. Right? <laughs> do you know what I mean? in reason, you know the way kids, you know, if they're just, they just don't want to go because they want to play with the game. It's not happening. We signed up for you. You're doing the train. You're doing the block. And at the end of the block, if you don't want to do any more, that's fine. We'd have a chat about it. But, yeah, so I'll just push them in the right direction and get the right coaching for them. Um Yeah, that's it. But the main thing is for them to have fun and and set them little goals, little competitions like that. I plant seeds without them being realized, you know what I mean? That's right. you can't do that. (laughs) Uh,
2: And look, triathlon, everyone knows, right? Three disciplines, really difficult, right? Ironmans, there's so much to it. You're a dad of many. When did you make the transition in your head that's saying, look, triathlon's what I want to be as a professional and I can still balance everything else?
1: I suppose... If you want to jump forward to that, it was in 2017. I had done one Ironman, full Ironman. I started in 2017. 2017, I started right. I'd done an Ironman six months later, and I couldn't. I couldn't even swim. Couldn't do one length of a pill. But I'd done an Ironman six months later. I'd done it in eleven hours, and people said I would suffer right in the marathon part of it. Like you do that, Martin, You're know, so going to suffer. You're going to hit this wall. All this baloney, right bullshit. I didn't suffer, right? I was like, this is what you call suffering. Praying. <laughs> I was a 15-year-old and I lost. I lost becoming a professional soccer player due to a bad generation. I was dragged down the wrong road that I didn't want to go down. I was put on that road. And I had to look after four kids under the age of 10. My father was locked up. My mother left. Myself my sister look after four kids. She went to Liverpool and they a man. A month after my father's locked up so I left us in the absolute shit. and that sent me spoiling down by the ball of negative energy you know, lashing out on everyone no one could do anything for me didn't want to listen to anyone and um yeah i was just going back a bit there well to to answer your question in 2017 i've done that iron man then i then i said to myself i'm going to test myself with the toughest iron man in the world which is Right. Went over there again. I actually went looking for the suffering this time to find out had I got this, you know, um, had I got like this, not a power, but like, you know, was I able to endure uh, Long and Jordan's race without suffering? And was I able to use the negative feed that I had and turn it into a positive, which I found I could do because again, in Lanzarote, I went looking for it on the bike. The bike is about two and a half thousand, two two meters elevation. I was grand. I was like, come on. I'm actually shouting at myself going around. I tell people I'm going, who's this nudge <laughs> You know, because I was, I was actually loving the pain. I was loving this suffering. Because this, to me, was not suffering. But I was feeding off it. You know, my negative, all that negativity I had over the years, I was now releasing it in a positive manner, you know. And then I got onto the marathon again. I think I did a 306 marathon in Lanzarote, which is pretty good because the heat over there is intense. This is not suffering. All will show you. But I was bringing myself back to when I was suffering. And I was using that negative energy to propel me forward. Do you get me? So I was using all that ball of negativity to push myself on, to test myself and go, this is not suffering. I'm going to show you. So I was using all that. And that was propelling me forward. And that was giving me that little bit of a, a boost, if you like, to not give up. To The mental side that other people get will give up. And you get all this negativity. You go, you can't do it just slow down. You'll be grand. Just finish it. You know, that's what people get. Just slow down. Get a drink of water. Stretch. I was like, get a bit of it. You know, be <laughs> because I wanted to to, to test myself and I didn't I didn't see it as suffering. So I'd done that in 10, I think it was 10.40 or 10.50. And when I finished it, I actually had beat my coach, right? This, this guy was coaching me and he was at it a long time and I had beat him and um, I suppose that little boy, because I was in the, I was a professional soccer player as a kid, that little boy came back to me, right, and said, what if you could be pro again? And I got the little time, I go, shut up, you're only doing this 12 months, <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't swim in January 2017, this is 2018, May 2018, right? Anyway, I said, look at what I got to lose, plus the fact I only got out of prison in 2016 and i said to myself if i can if i can pull this off right imagine the platform that i'd give me to then go and tell people in the deprived areas in prison skills and youth centers that it doesn't matter what 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 road you're on what bad road you're on how deep and dark that hole is you can still be something special and to never give up and it doesn't matter um where you grow up um, if you, if you continue to use the excuses and, and if you continue to use that, that environment that you grew up in, um, you'll never amount to anything. So I wanted to prove everyone um, and show them that, look, at, this can be done and life's not over, you know? So that was my boy. So I, I started training then for Barcelona in 2018. So Ironman Barcelona, 2018. um, It was on October. So I said, right, I'm going to start trying. So I was getting up at two and three every morning, but I was setting myself dates, right? So I'd pick a random date, just say February the 20th. I'd pick a date and I'd say, I'm getting up to do 100K on that morning at two o'clock, no matter what. I don't care if it's snow, sleet, rain, nothing. And if I don't grow up, then I don't want this, right? So that was my theory, right? If I don't grow up once a month, two in the morning, do 100K and 100K on the button, I don't want this. So that's what I started doing, and every time that alarm went off, I was up out of bed, and I'd done hundred k. And I, I've times I came off the bike and I couldn't feel my knees, and my only my feet, my feet, and legs were gone, I felt cold, like freezing. But when I landed then in in in, when I landed in Barcelona, in a tower, I stood there in a wetsuit for the swim, and I just felt. This is going to happen. I just had that mental. It, I just installed so much mental strength. I'd never left any stone unturned. I trained at every discipline as much as I could. I went and I, I I went to people, asked them questions. I found out how to do this and that, um, and, and I just used all that experience and I just put it together. And I remember standing there going, "I'm going to do this. This is happening." Like, um, I've done the swim. I come out of the swim. There's a thing on my Instagram. I'll show you. I burst out of the swim like. True people, get you up know, like that. I wanted that much. I had that drive. Like I was on the bike and then um, I remember being on the bike and I was I got thirty after 100k, because I had any splits in my head. I knew what I had to do, hundred K in a certain amount of the hour, so I had that all in the head. And then again I was like, look at you, you've done nothing. If you get mechanical, you'll know, get a punch, you have, you know what I mean? You could be out for eight minutes. So this I'm cutting the fine, you know what I mean? Like you know, this you have to do a sub nine thirty Ironman, Man for a professional license in Ireland, right? And I'm at this sport, 22 months, right? Couldn't swim in 2017. So I got off the bike and I had to do a 305, I think it was, 305, Martin, to secure this license. So the running is my main discipline. I love the running, it's the one I love most. Not not a lot of people do, so when I got off the bike, I'm like rubbing my hands, you know? It's on, yeah. Um, 20 miles, my body buckled because I'd never been at this pace before in an Ironman. So my body buckled. And again, I just used that mindset where other people would have stopped, probably stretched, probably got, I don't know, you know yourself, walk at least. You've tried so hard for this. Imagine the peak of the light you can be for people if you continue this on and you pull this off. Like this is, you know, this is 22 months. Um, And again, I just pushed forward and ran and just ignored it. And the pain went. Um, five k to go. Um, I I just like I had to do twenty five minutes or something. Five minute, five minute a k. Like, um, I run onto the. You, you, you ever see an Iron Man? It's like hundred meters of red carpet and a big big uh finish line and it's ten dB side right. It's unreal. Like it's it's mental. It, and and do you know what? It they, they you, right because it's done in four loops right. So every time you loop, you go by the finish line. And you hear them shout, and you hear all the other people come down, right? So they tease you, but when it becomes your tone, then it's just epic. So I come onto this red carpet, and on my right-hand side, I see my wife, and she has the oil flag, and I see all my kids there, right? Now, if you think about this, I was in Shelton Abbey in prison in 2016, and my kids and wife came to me there. And because I made a choice to change and go in a different direction, I'm now... On the finish line of an man, collecting the Irish flag off my family and going through the, the, the finish line to become an Irish professional wow. So That's how quick that turned. 22 months I took up the sport, 22 months. And now I'm an Irish professional track and I'm torn around looking at my kids and my wife with my hand in the air after going through on the 925. So, but the main thing for that was I'm oh, no different than anyone out there, not used to, not anybody. The difference, I, the difference in what I've done was made the choice to change. But I had got a lot of negative, um, negative uh, a ball of negativity inside, which helped me. Like, I, I found a way to, to propel that into a positive. And that's what enabled me. And, you know, like, would I change that? I probably wouldn't change it. I've been through a lot in my life. But that has helped me to be the person I am today. Help me to help people in schools, prisons, youth centres. I've changed people's lives. I'm currently coaching people, and you know life is good. But you know, the people out there need to realise your circumstances don't define who you are. And um, but you got to make that choice, not like not make an excuse that oh I became I came from there and I I've no belief and I've no confidence. Yeah, you probably don't, but you can get it back. Don't give up on it, you know, because I gave up and I remember not being confident. I couldn't go into a room. I'd be quiet and I'd be afraid to talk, afraid to say I'm But that's just like the environment you're brought up in, you know what I mean? But you can't change all that. You can't get the confidence back. You can't get self-belief. The thing is, if you believe in the dream, it may happen. But if you believe in yourself, it will happen. And that's the difference.
0: That's a brilliant line. And something you mentioned is that there's research now about elite performers and super elite a little thing that separates them is the Super League have experienced a negative critical life experience, and then they've had a positive sport-related experience to follow. And that seems like something part of your story, but you mentioned going down the wrong road, you mentioned going to prison. What was that experience like when you were in there and, you know, you realized I need something to change here, I need to change myself or do something differently to turn this around?
1: Yeah, so 2014, I got two years in prison. Yeah, it was weird, like... so. You know, you go to prison, you get sentenced by the judge, you get brought to Mount Joy in a dog kennel, right? So it's these bands and they're tiny to you and you're sitting and I'm not I'm bleeding, not great with faster folk as it is, right? What are you gotta say, I'm not getting in there. <laughs> You'll be in by the ankles. <laughs> right? So anyway, you go to Mount Joy and you get you go to the reception area and they give you a glass of champagne, two strawberries and a hug, right? <laughs> Right, you get searched and you get put on this beat the boss, you know, you know that's what you get right um, and then you get put in the sea base and they put you in there and then they find a landing for you right so if there's any threat in your life you go to a separate landing or whatever you know um, and then the priest does come in and just checks on you to see you all right I remember the first night I was there but I had a picture of my daughter uh, and I had her on the wall and I started crying my father had been locked up and they've done the same to me, right? And I swore I'd never do that. And I coerced them. And here's me sitting in a cell with kids outside and I've done the exact same thing to them. The exact same. And that killed me more than that, you know? And that's that's sort of the start of me wanting to change my generation and say, you know, I'm going to take the reins now because my granddad was locked up, my father was locked up. And here's me, exactly the same thing, following in the footsteps of a bad generation. And then... Funny enough then when I got into Shelton Abbey then my son Ross was born in October 2016. A couple of things happened there you know, I got chased by a hit squad in 2016 um very very frightening experience so that was another thing that I was thinking about Jesus Christ'll be could be gone at any minute then when my son Ross was born I remember sitting there going that's it like I'm, I'm gonna change uh, I'm gonna change this whole generation I'm gonna spoil this kid so much that he's going to go, my dad's a hero. Now, I didn't think I was going to be a professional athlete. <laughs> I had no intentions of any of that. I just had intentions of changing, taking up a sport, being a dad, not being involved in criminal activity, just being a role model, that he could look up to me because I never looked up to my own father. And I swore that was it. I'm not going to have that happen. So that was sort of the, ch- the start of it. But the experience in prison, prison is full of a lot of people, childhood childhood trauma, and that's the way I'll explain it. 95% of prisoners have been through childhood trauma, like myself, and have acted in a negative way, whether they take drugs to control it, or whether they act in a violent way, or they take up robberies, or they do something. But the thing is, like, you know, there's not enough out there for kids to, like, not enough, like, in terms of counseling, or in terms of pushing them into sports, not in enough free sports, because I know growing up, I'd have never been part of sports, if it was, if there was money involved, if it was like five euro to do that, five pounds, I wasn't going. Or if it was going to Butlins and it was 10 pounds, I wasn't going. So there's a lot of kids still out there now these days and they're still being deprived of this because the mother, the, most of them don't have fathers, right? A lot of fathers go away. And then the mothers tend to drink or smoke or do tablets or whatever they do to control their emotions or their shit. And then that reflects on the kid and the kid then feels... Not loved, I and mean, when you don't feel loved, you have all this negative emotion, it just lashes out. And all you know is like evilness, all you know is negativity. And then a lot of them do it then just for attention, you know, because they get negative attention because negative attention is attention and it's better than nothing. So, this is what actually spoils out control. Then you either take drugs or you look for a negative attention, and then they end up in prison, and then you know, God knows what happens there, you know, yeah. Sure. So you're,
2: you're managing to do many things. You're a dad and you're a present dad. Amazing to be able to be able to do that and say that you're also a professional athlete. 22 months. You did what you had to do, 925. Amazing to do that. But then what you say, you're also coaching, you're helping others and you're impacting others that might be in difficult circumstances. What's that like? And how do you strike the balance between being a successful professional athlete and getting up at two in the morning and doing the 100k or whatever it is? but also then giving back and doing so much of the coaching. What do you get from that? How do they work together?
1: Do you know what? We've built up such a big team over the last few years. Like it's, I went swimming yesterday with my crew. So I have a WhatsApp group that only I can text on. Right? It's an administration. like <laughs> so I put up swims. Like I go swimming four times a week. right? But twice, I put up two swims. Say I'm going on Monday and I'm going on Friday. Um, and everyone's welcome to come. You know what I mean? 25 turned up. 25 swimmers turned up for a swim in in Low Rock there in Mary. Like, it's just amazing like the the atmosphere and the buzz of that and there's people out there like that that come on just to have chats and they obviously swim but they love the the buzz of it. They love having the crack like by slagging each other and and having the buzz. So we've, and it's not just me, you know, like, you know, I've, I suppose I've, I've created this atmosphere, I've created this team but one individual doesn't, doesn't make a team, you know. It's 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 a bunch of people make a team and uh, that's what we have at the minute. So it's something I'm very, very proud of, um and something that gives me gives me soul. Um it, it's very positive on the soul, you know. But I'm saying that like I've a lot of people that would come to me rather than other coaches simply because I don't take shit. So I'll be watching your program. No I don't give out too much, but I will if, if we set goals and you're not hitting them goals, I wanna know why, you know. So I do guide people with, with that attitude. And if they don't pull their weight after a month or two, I relax them. Like I'll say, look it, it's not happening. You know? And I think people need that. You know, There's too many coaches out there willy-nilly, oh, you're injured, eh? Right, grand, take 10 days off. And they don't even talk to them. I'm not that coach. I'm the coach that will take your money. But if you don't train, I'll tell you to go ahead and touch on. I don't want your money because it's not as important as your goals. And I think once you, once you start putting money ahead of goals then no one wants to work with you. So as a coach, I have a certain criteria and I'm not willing to change for nobody. I mean, last January when this uh, COVID started, I I started I started being a different coach because of people's attitude. And I said to my wife, do you know what? I'm going to ring every one of them now and tell them, if you don't start booking up and hit the goals that we set and stop using this COVID as an excuse, go away and go train with someone else. I rang every one of them right and I was willing to lose every one of them and I got 10 more. (laughs) (laughs) Because I made the choice to be myself and I made the choice to guide them on what I thought would guide them and I got 10 more athletes and all my athletes now have hit all their goals and we've made no excuses and we've done three races, four races now we've done and everyone has hit their goals and we're well ahead of everyone else. So that's the coach. You need to be yourself and you need to be willing to lose people and people respect that because that's what people are looking for in you. They're looking for you. The, people told me, someone actually said to me, people come to you because of your mindset. So don't lose that. Be yourself. That's what you want. That's what they're paying for. So great tip. And that's what I use, yeah.
0: One of the best things I heard you say was about your journey. And then when you got there, you said, if I can do it, anyone can. Yeah. And you try and clearly distill that into the athletes you work with. How do you manage different personalities and some people that need the push? And I you know you mentioned do you... You have your way of coaching it, but do you have a softer side to it sometimes or Yeah. How do you manage different personalities?
1: I'm human, do you know what I mean? Like if a if a girl has five kids and design but the thing is I'll sit down and we'll custom a program to suit your needs, to suit your lifestyle. And what's achievable in your life with the with the the work ethic you have or with, you know, you have five kids. Can you do this? Are you willing to grow up at this hour? You know? And if it's not working out the two, three weeks, I don't just ask people and say, oh, it's not working. We i ring them and say, look, can we do only two? Do you want to just do three sessions? Then we're on the same page. And that's it. But once you, you know, that's so I am willing to work with people. I'm not this big bad wolf. You didn't do them 20 sessions. No, I work with people. I custom it to suit people's lifestyle. And I do get when mothers are under a lot of pressure because my wife would be a great woman. And she'd be under more pressure than I would in the home. So you have to be careful what you say as well. Do you know what I mean? only, and it's a learning experience. I love learning new things and have to deal with different people because it's it's a it's an added like um it's an addition to to me as a person to be able to deal with different personalities, different people, younger kids. You know, Cause I coach a lot of teenagers as well. So, um, yeah, but it's good. I, I love all that li- little challenges. you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> talk about challenge and say you're at an event a triathlon do you like doing it all on your own and there on the day or would you rather i mean your family were there for barcelona that was nearly a exceptional circumstance but do you draw energy from say if you're in a hotel room would you rather your your wife and kids there would you rather be you're more in the zone if you're on your own for an event
1: yeah I much prefer to be on my own yeah yeah because i don't have to worry about them then yeah so i'd be a bit of worrier it. Yeah. Not too much, but if my family is in the same country as me, um, you know, you'd be thinking that they are right, you know, just stuff like that. And the kids, okay, at the sea, you know what I mean. So for me, I'd rather travel alone and go over and be in the zone from day one and just nail. It. Yeah, that's more that that that's a better race for me than have all my family there.
0: You mentioned something earlier about the Barcelona race, and you decided this is the day. This is the day I'm going to do it. There's a quote. It's often said on uh, Nelson Mandela, but it's actually a lady called Marianne Williamson. That's Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, it's that we're powerful beyond measure. And sometimes that fear of you being the person that achieves this great task or achieves this great goal sometimes gets the better of people, the fear of be doing really well. How do you think that changed for you when on that day in Barcelona, you were like, today is the day I'm
1: doing this? I suppose because my worry wasn't really about me. It was more about them, which was me, if you get me. I went back to, no one done this for me. No one showed me in schools, in the deprived areas. No one came back into them and said, I lived here all my life. These are the challenges I found myself in with my mother and father. This is the generation I grew up in. I went through all this shit, but you know what? I became a professional athlete. So there is, there is, you know, there is hope there you know so i just wanted to give them hope so my why was for them so i knew by achieving this dream although it's gonna um it's gonna be beneficial for me it was more to benefit others and i think that's i think that was my drive you know that i didn't want to let other people down and i knew this would have an impact on so many people so
0: and then just to build on that when you experience or see a story like yourself or you see a professional athlete who's come from a a troubled childhood or a difficult environment when they're young, and they turn it around, it's almost the inspiration the community gets from that. He was in my situation, look what she has done, and now I can see it's achievable. What would you say to a young person who's in a hard situation now? They want to achieve these high aspirations or they have these big goals, but it's not meant to be them, they're the ones in a difficult circumstance, that's
1: for someone else's life. What would you say to them to say, no, actually, it's for you? Yeah, the first thing you need to do is stop talking like that, that you can't think like that, because if you think like that, it won't happen. And that is an absolute fact. If you think it's not going to happen, well, I can tell you this now, it's not going to happen. 100% won't. But if you have that thought process of a will and attract that sort of attitude, then it will happen. But you have to believe and you have to stop blaming your circumstances because in every deprived area, there's, there is good people you know, that you can look up to. And there is certain places you can go to and doors will open if you really want it to open. So, but it's like, you know, the, like my main reason as being a professional athlete is not to come on, come on here and say, oh, I'm a professional athlete, I'm great. I don't really give a shit about that. My main reason on this show now is to show people that you can do whatever it is you want to do, whether it's an electrician, whether it's a, an artist, whether it's a skateboard, whatever. Whatever your dream is, is... It's for you and you only, and you can have it and you can achieve it. But you have to believe in it, you know. So that's the main reason I done what I done was just to show people that you can have your dream. It's not for me to to, to go around thinking I'm a, I'm a professional athlete and I'm great. Look, I'm proud of it. Don't get me wrong. I don't I don't want to take it out a concept that I'm not proud of it. And and it's a nothing thing. But it was more for it to show people you can have something and you can achieve it. and stop making excuses, you know
2: not making excuses do you ever have a bad day or a tough moment or do you ever pick up an injury and if you do how do you get get back to the frame of mind where you need to be how do you bounce back because that's going to be energy for the people listening that have the bad day and maybe aren't as mentally tough yet for whatever reason
1: everyone has bad days i have bad weeks but it's important to stay focused on the goal ahead and it's important to just get up and I, I've had, like, for two weeks, about four weeks ago, I had two weeks bad. Where I was going, What is going on? I don't even want to train. I don't want to do nothing. You no, know, I didn't miss any sessions. I just got on with it. You just got to plow through. You've got to overcome that negative energy and just get the job done. You know, we all have them. Everyone has bad days. Everyone has bad weeks. There's, I'm sure there's people out there that are in the dumps for a year. But if you have, an, if you have a goal in sight, you need to not take your eye off that goal. You need to have a and You need to get out no matter what. Now, I will say, I, I do say to my own clients now, I don't do this myself, but if you're giving a tempo session, say, and it's a tough session, and you're not in the room for the tough session, just do the time. Just jog and do the time. Just get something done, you know what I mean? And then you're winning the mindset. Yeah, you're not hitting the, the detailed session, but you're still winning. And it's important to do that. Even if you just walk for the 40 minutes. If you're having a bad day, that's fine. I get it. But don't not do nothing. Get out and just walk. I Get out and just cycle for the 40 minutes. Get the time done and then you win the mindset. back.
0: The last thing I'll build off of this segment is you mentioned before about setting goals and you said, I'm going to run this triathlon. I've signed up for it. And you said you got a little bit of resistance. People maybe laughed and thought you won't be able to do it or you couldn't do it. And you said people doubted you and you say doubt me now. What do you say to people who tribe as it were, don't you know? always back them for their goals or don't always say you can do it. You can achieve it. How do they overcome that
1: resistance? They feed off it. We need them Muppets in our life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you do need them people. And I know you even use that sometimes on purpose. You need people telling you, you can't do something, but you have to know who to do it to, you know. But we do need them people that will. And a lot of people that say that can't see themselves doing it. That's why they tell you you can't do it. Because they're not willing to do it. So like, I can't do it. He's definitely not doing it, you know, which is bullshit. But... You know, you do need that. You do need them type of people in your life to tell you you can't. So just feed off them. Show them. Use that as an energy to get your sessions done. You know, right, he said, I won't do it. I'm going to show them. and You know, use that as an energy, as a positive. Don't take it as a negative. Go, right, Grant, you don't think so? Like, right, let's see. Yeah, build an empire with the bricks they throw at you. Yeah. Yeah. Injury, you asked me a question before that. How do you go through injuries, right? So I broke my neck on the 25th of uh, July last year. And uh, I, I was diagnosed with a soft tissue injury, right? Racing in our two races on a broken neck. And then I said, I better get this checked properly. I was going to physio and it was worse coming out. I went to a, a, a neurosurgeon and I had a broken neck, right? That's what he found. And um, I was in a neck brace for 12 weeks, but I rented out a watt bike because I couldn't run, I couldn't swim. I rented a watt bike, and got programmed, I just done easy spinning. Then I went on to the treadmill and done the easy walking. So you can always do something. Now, I, I got permission off my neurosurgeon that I could do something. You know, i not just silly doing it. And then uh, 12 weeks later, actually 13 weeks later, so 12 weeks later, I got my neck brace off. And a week later, I done a I done a marathon, a subtree marathon in 255, just to prove to myself that I could do it. And just to show me science more than anything, that's just an excuse. You're injured. Yeah. By all means, don't try an injury, right? Be clever. Do something, whatever you can do. There's always something you can do, right? Always. You can't just sit. Even if it's reading books, educating yourself. There's something you can do to get a step ahead of something, right? So that's what I use. And a week after I took my neck brace off, I done a sub-tree, a 255 in my own marathon that I set up for my clients um, just to prove that, you know, you're not down. It's all in the mind. You know, I kept ticking over. I kept the fitness ticking over. And then I executed the sub three marathon. And I showed them all that, that, that they all take on some that they all take something from that and that's it. It's a great lesson to see, you know? Yeah.
2: And throwing bricks next, what, what, what are you doing next? Be that as a coach, be that as an athlete, being that as dad, what do the next months, years look like for, for yourself?
1: Um, like, I mean, I'm looking to do a sub, I'm looking to get as close to 8.30 in an Ironman as possible. But that's what I'm geared towards now. um, And then, so I'm, I'm thinking about like two years because financially it's just, you don't get back to know it. There's no sponsorship. Now I have got Base to Race, Double and Osteopath and uh, GRX Nutrition. But it's, and with all due respect, it's materials. You know what I mean? I do something with them, they do something with me, which is great. And I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for it. But in you know, Ireland, you don't get any sponsor where someone could say to you, there's 40 grand a year stop coaching, um, put all your work into training, be a top athlete, right? top professional athlete, get a swim coach, get nutrition. I, I don't have that. Um, yeah, so the question was, what's what's next? What's next? Just, <laughs> yeah, two years as a pro probably, and then I'm probably going to look at doing a 230 marathon in Dublin. That would be a, a great achievement. I'd love to do a 230 in Dublin. Um, and be a great coach and try and achieve... Um, my athletes goals like for them to go back and go you know we smashed it yeah that's great you know what I mean that's, I'm be proud of that
0: and Jerry, my last question is just about you're clearly an inspiration to so many and you've gone through huge amount of trials to get where you are but one thing you mentioned years ago is that you used drugs or substances in order to speak about maybe your negativity or what was inside. You used it as a way, an outlet for stuff. For people who maybe do it with alcohol or maybe would do it with substance at the moment, is there anything, any advice you'd give to them of how they could speak about their issues, their problems, their challenges with people without using the substances or the alcohol or whatever it is?
1: Yeah, so like I can tell you all I've done and what, what worked for me. Um, so the first thing I would do is get fit, right? So the first thing you need to do is get fit and when you get fit and healthy, and it could be just walking, could be cycling, whatever it may be, it doesn't have to, it could be just dipping in the sea, but that's a fit mindset. And you're going to be around positive people. So that's the first thing start eating healthy. When you're in a good mindset after a few weeks, then start thinking about counseling. Because what happened was when people talked about counseling to me when I was drinking and taking drugs, I was like, fleeing, go the counseling, right? Because you're not ready for counseling. But as soon as I got fit, then I started toying with the idea because the mind was a lot stronger then. And then I went to counseling counseling and sport has saved my life counseling more probably than anything because sport will give you the fitness and will give you the outlet to get let off a lot of that steam but if you don't go for counseling that little total is going to come out at some stage right And it's going to affect you so what you need to do is go to counseling and get rid of all that resentment or whatever it is the negativity or whatever the problems were that you encountered that has you in the place you're in get rid of it all talk about it talk and Counseling has been has been one of the the biggest and the best tools made available to me ever. Now the only thing is, and actually, does there's, does there's, there's a couple of spots actually in Darndale, There's a place in Darndale, um that give free counseling to from I think it's twelve to twenty three year olds, and it's fairly rapid. Like um, so, there's good good couple of places around that give them free counseling. Um, I'm not too sure about the adults, but definitely um, get fit and then. Go for counselling, hundred percent.
2: Counselling is a good thing, Joe. For someone who's excelled across so many, so many things, you know, as a dad, as a, as a professional athlete, as a coach, as a boxer, which we touched on off air. Um, it's only fitting we finish with the last question of the show, which is, what does high performance mean to you, Joe Redmond? High
1: performance, not much. <laughs> <are you> <laughs> I'm in. I suppose it does in a way. I always wanted to be at the top of my game on anything I took up. As you said, the boxing. I took up boxing. I was Leicester champion twice in one year. Anything. I was le- I was actually in my school in secondary. I was the sports person of the year every year for six years. I I was the All-Ireland soccer skill champion at the age of 15. I led the Irish team out. I won lots of cross countries. So... Yeah, I love being the top of my game. I love that. It's nowhere I love more than that. The, the feeling I get from, from pushing myself to that limit. The feeling I get. I don't know whether it's a, it, it takes away that, I suppose, that negative feeling I used to get as a kid. And, and I feel so great when I'm out there pushing myself to the max that I'm exerting that negative into a positive And I'm just that one way of paying. So that could be it, you know. I just love pushing myself to the do max and seeing what I could do. And who am I when the back's to the wall?
2: sure look we we love that there's so much there so many messages and lessons for people listening just thanks very much for your time really grateful and yeah let's see that time in two years and let's see two and a half in dublin we'll be there be looking forward to that cheers thanks for the time today
1: and thanks for giving me the platform to tell your story as well because i'm sure it'll help people that we probably will never know you know so well done boys keep up the good work thanks for being here
2: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Sleep Eat Perform Repeat, a story of high performance. This was brought to you by Howora, a whole person wellbeing company founded and run from Dublin, Ireland. Find out more at howoralife.com, spelled H-A-U-O-R-A life.com. Please rate, review and share the podcast. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. The GOAT, Michael Jordan.